let's go and uh, let's uh, study a little bit about the parsha today. We are ex- actually completing the whole book of Shemois. Oh yes, it's uh, parsha Pekude. In some years, uh, the portions of Ayakil and Pekude are actually read together. Even when they're read together, it doesn't mean that it becomes one parsha. It means that you read two of the parshas. But this year, because it's a leap year, so we have four more weeks. Uh, we have second other, uh, first other we have. So we need four more weeks of Torah reading. So Vayakil and Pikudi are separate. Um, and... Um, so that's the Chazak, Chazak, Vinis Chazek, this Shabbos. Uh, we also started reading last week uh, the first of the four portions. Uh, that is the uh, portion of uh, Shikolim. Uh, the four portions are special Torah readings that we read starting with the month of Ador. That would be either in a leap year like this year, starting with Ador Sheni, or the Shabbos that preceded Ador Sheni, and through the four weeks until the Shabbos of Rosh Chodesh Nisan, or the Shabbos that precedes Rosh Chodesh Nisan. Those are the four portions. Parsha Shkolim, then comes Parsha Zohar, then comes Parsha Pora, then comes Parsha Zachodesh. So like this year, we have, these are four portions, but they're not consecutive. So like this year, we read Parshish Kolim last week. This week we have a free week, which means we don't have a special portion. Uh, but next week we're going to learn, read Zohar, because that's going to be the Shabbos before Purim. Now, after that, we're going to read the Parshish Parah, and then we're going to do the Parshish Achodesh. Some years we do... Uh, Parsha Shkolim and Parsha Zohar one next to each other, and then we have a week after Parsha's, after Purim, and then we have Pura and the Chodesh. But in any event, these are four special portions. Most of the Torah reading, as we've spoken, uh, are not related to the time of the year. Most of the portions are just go in order to complete the entire Torah once the cycle. That's why we read every week a portion, so we conclude the cycle. But there is no uh, obvious connection between the Parsha that we read to the time. So we can read about Pesach during Shavuot, so we can read about... Uh, so, so it doesn't really connect to the time. But these four portions are timely. They are connected to the month, uh, to uh, either other Rishon, uh, I mean other Sheni, or other, if it's only one other. This Shabbos is an empty Shabbos, we want to say that. But we do have, it's going to be the Parshas Pekudei. Um, and we're going to start reading the new Chumash, uh, next, starting next week, uh, next uh, following Shabbos. We're going to start Vayikra, the next book. So what is the Pekudei? Pekudei is basically the, uh, the summary of, uh, of the, the building and the structure of the Mishkan. Now... The story about what took place at the end of the Mishkan is the, the gifts of the Mishkan and the and, and the way they constructed it and the accounting and the all the details are found in these several parshas in Truma, 
Tetzave, Kisiso, Vayakil, and Pikudei. Kisiso, mostly uh, just some. The Kir is mentioned over there, but mostly it's Truma, Tetzave, Vayakil, and Pikudei. Pikudei is sort of the summing up. This is the counting, this is the sum. Tells us about the count. It also talks about the. It also talks about the um, um, about what happened. The actual building over there. So there's a, a very interesting verse. Um, it says that it was on the um, um, Hashem basically told Moshe Rabbeinu um, that he should. Um, put uh, the Mishkan up, uh, basically stand it up after all the construction, um, it should, uh, he should do it um, on the first day of Nisan. First day of Nisan he should stood, stood it up, he should raise the Mishkan. Now in our Pasek, in our, in our Parsha today, the Torah actually records, but it says, Vahi it was in the first month. What is the first month? The Hebrew month? It's Nisan. Bashano Hashem is on the second year. What does it mean? The second year means... After we got the Torah? After we got the Torah. After they went out of Egypt. Yeah. So it was the second month because they went out during Nisan almost a year before. Second year. Be'echot Lachodesh on the first day of the month. So it was. So on the first day of the month, now here, this is the language that it says... Hukam Hamishkan. The Mishkan was raised. Now, it's a little bit, the language is a little bit uh, strange. It says that the Mishkan was raised versus to say Moshe raised the Mishkan. It says, or the, the people raised the Mishkan. Hashem had told Moshe before in the Parsha, Hashem told him that you should raise the Mishkan. But over here it says the Mishkan was raised by itself. Uh, and uh, the Medrash, and Rashi quotes and says that um, the actual, the, the Jewish people were not able to pick up the Mishkan. It was too heavy. It was a very large structure. They couldn't pick it up. So, uh, and also Moshe Rabbeinu couldn't pick it up. So nobody could pick it up. It was too big to pick it up. Um, and the way Rebbe explains it, in the Sikhid, it means nobody can do it by themselves. Nobody can do it on alone. They couldn't do it. Because we do find later on that they used to pick it up and they used to... Uh, traveled with it. Traveled with it. They used to pick it up and down. So... Apparently, that was done in conjunction with that, but no individual by themselves can pick it up. And uh, that includes Moshe Rabbeinu. So Hashem basically told Moshe Rabbeinu, you should be the one to pick up the Mishkan. So Rashi says no individual can pick up the Mishkan, and also Moshe Rabbeinu could not pick it up. So Hashem says to Moshe, he says, you pretend you do with your hands and it will imagine it will appear as if you're raising it but it is going to go by itself so you just make the motions go through the motions 
and it'll go. And that's why, but the Amish says, I'm going to give you the credit because you're pretending you're doing it. Uh, you're going to get the credit. So Hashem says it's going to stay. He says in the Pasuk, the Mishkan was raised. Who raised it? It was Moshe Rabbeinu. Because the Pasuk says, it says that Moshe raised the Mishkan. And um, and therefore, uh, this is the um, this is the, the pasuk in the. I'm just trying to think. It's very hard to see the footnote over here. And and everyone said that Moshe Rabbeinu raised it. So really, Moshe Rabbeinu didn't really do it. The Eibushter did, but it says Hukama Mishkat because. It was too hard for one person to really do it by themselves. Nobody could pick it, so he did it. So Moshe Rabbeinu did it. It turns out, really, that at the end of the day, that Moshe Rabbeinu did not really participate a lot in the construction of the Mishkan. He did, because all the Jewish people, they brought various different gifts. So that was part of the contributions. Then you have the craftspeople, the women that were able to uh, build, uh, build the, the, the different kind. They used to weave the, the goats, skin, the, 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 the hair, they made different things. So Moshe Rabbeinu did not, um, did not really do much, but even what he did, it pretended like he did. That was his participation. The Torah counts that Moshe Rabbeinu did and that he was involved as, as, as well in it. So, what else happened? So then, after Moshe Rabbeinu saw everything that was done, and everything was completed, so it says, so Moshe Rabbeinu was very, uh, very happy. So then it says, Moshe, So Moshe Rabbeinu gave them a blessing, so he blessed everybody, he blessed them. Moshe Rabbeinu blessed them. Now, what was a blessing? Usually, we translate a blessing means, uh, you know, somebody does, uh, you, you bless them, you tell them, oh, Yashakoach, you give them a, a go from strength to strength. It's a blessing. But Rashi says that the blessing consisted of that Moshe Rabbeinu told them, may it be the will of Hashem that he should rest in the activities of your hands, what you did. Because the whole purpose of the Mishkan was in order to bring down the Divine Presence into the Mishkan. So, it seems like after everything they did, after all of the activities that they did, yet Moshe Rabbeinu needs to go ahead and give them a blessing that whatever you did, all the work, you are going to have the blessing of Hashem. Not only that, then he continues. So first he blesses them for what they've done. Because they've done a lot more than Moshe Rabbein has done. They, first they brought all the gifts and they constructed it, they did most of it, they did. And then after the first blessing, Moshe Rabbeinu gives another blessing. 
The other blessing is what we say in the davening in uh, several places from the Tehillim. Uh, there is a chapter of Tehillim. You know, the Tehillim that we say, Psalms, is made up from different authors. You know, they were said different people. So one of them starts, Tefillah Moshe Isha Likim. There was a prayer to Moshe, the godly man. So that's the Moshe Rabbeinu's prayer. So in, in that chapter, it's chapter 91 in Psalms. So in that chapter, uh, Moshe Rabbeinu says, V'hinoyam Hashem elikeinu aleinu. May the pleasantness of God of our God be upon us. And umaisi yodeinu, and the activities of our hands. So that's understood as the prayer of Moshe, tefillah the Moshe. That Moshe Rabbeinu said this, Rashi brings down, Moshe Rabbeinu said this at the end of the construction. That was part of his blessing. So it turns out that he blessed them with two parts. First he said, may God rest in the activity of what you did. Because they did most of the work. They actually constructed it. And then Moshe Rabbeinu went further and included himself. Made the pleasantness of God our God, the resting of God our God, be on us, including himself as well, because he also participated and he also demanded made the, the, the Mishkan, so he includes himself as well. So, the Rebbe in this particular talk has a very, very um, powerful lesson from this whole. And this, this goes down to the uh, core of the relationship between uh, a chassid and a rebbe, uh, between a leader, a Jewish leader. Of course, here we talk about Moshe Rabbeinu. Moshe Rabbeinu was the first rebbe. He was the first rebbe. Moshe, our teacher. But Moshe Rabbeinu um, physically was with us for the time while we were in the desert. Then the Zohar says we have we have an extension of Moshe Rabbeinu in every generation. Not only that, we have a little Moshe Rabbeinu in ourselves as well. Many times we, we, um, we talked about the, um, uh, the, the, the Talmud, the Tanya, it brings down over there that um, Moshe Rabbeinu was telling the Jewish people his last will and testament before he passed away, he's saying to them, he's trying to encourage the people to follow Hashem and do the mitzvahs, and he was basically uh, telling them sort of, what is God asking of you? He's not asking you so much. He's asking but to fear Him. Uh, you should fear God, fear God, and and follow His mitzvahs and do what He asks. So it's not really not asking you to do that much. He was trying to encourage them to do that. So he, the way He says it, He says Hashem is asking you to fear Him, just to fear Him. So the Talmud makes note of this, and it said, well, He says just to fear Him. Is, is fearing such a such an easy thing? You know, it's all what God is asking you is to fear Him, but it's a uh, it's a big, a big deal to fear God, you know, to really uh, uh, have the respect and that the, the, the fear of God should be in a level that it should 
sort of uh, direct you that you should do the right thing that you need to do. That's not such an easy thing, the Gemara asks. Well, so the Gemara answers, well, Moshe Rabbeinu, at his level, to fear God was something simple, wasn't really such a big deal. At his level, he was a great tzaddik, he was a great leader, he was a holy man, so to him it was not a big deal, so he can, it was easy. So the Alter Rebbe asked at the time, he says, but you know, that's not a good answer because, uh, but Moshe Rabbeinu was speaking to the Jewish people, he was saying to them, what is God asking of you? Uh, okay, to him it wasn't a big deal, but he was saying to the Jewish people, what is God asking of you, but to fear God, but you know, it's not such an, for the ordinary person, it's not such an easy thing, so why, so the fact that it's easy for him, but he's asking it, he's not talking about himself. I would try to say he made a mistake, he thought because it's easy for him, it's easy for everybody else. No, Moshe Rabbeinu was quite uh, tuned in to the level of the Jewish people, and he knew that not everybody is, uh, is at that level. So the Tanya explained that we all have a little Moshe Rabbeinu in us. Relevant, what the Gemara is saying, relative to Moshe Rabbeinu, it's not such a big deal. Yeah, that really we have deep in ourselves a little piece of Moshe Rabbeinu. That Moshe Rabbeinu in us, which is, you know, our soul, the pure soul, even things that sometimes may come across very difficult, it's not really so difficult. It's something that you could you could do. That's what the Al-Turabi explains. When it says relative to motion, it means the motion of the Rabbeinu that's within you. In a similar way, there is a motion Rabbeinu in every generation. And the Rebbe says, this is what the Rebbe wants to learn what is the relationship? And I want to just discuss, elaborate a little bit about what the Rebbe discusses over here in this Sicha um, about how after uh, we do, and what's the relationship between, you know, asking, you know, a lot of times we go to the, uh, to, we go to the oil, we go to the cemetery, we ask for a bracha for the Rebbe and, um, and what what is our responsibilities, or how does this exactly work? Other people ask, why is this allowed even? We know that um, one should not use technically any intermediaries between God and people. There's no uh, the, the problem with idol worship is that you make it into an idol that becomes an intermediary, but. A Rebbe is on a whole different level. It's a level of not a, a intermediary, which is an interruption, but it's ra- actually a connecting piece. So we're just going to go through over here a little bit what the Rebbe writes over here. Uh, what do we see over here? So the first thing we see, we all need a blessing of the Rebbe. We all need a blessing of Moshe Rabbeinu. What happened over here? Hashem tells them to make a Mishkan. They built the Mishkan. But yet, they did everything. It says they finished, they did everything what Hashem said. The the, the wise man, they created everything. And it says, 
just like everything that Hashem said. Furthermore, Rashi says another very interesting point that Betzalel, he was the head craftsman, he figured out even things that Moshe Rabbeinu didn't tell him, he figured out the right way to do it. So he was, he knew, he was, they were very, so after they did everything, so what happened? Did the divine come down? No, not yet. After everything, they could not raise the Mishkan. Okay, so they built, they made the vessels, they built it, everything is there, ready to go. Who do they need to raise, actually put together everything that they worked? They need Moshe Rabbeinu. Moshe Rabbeinu has to complete it. Moshe Rabbeinu has to raise that means all the work that they did and everything that they, they've done, they've done everything that Hashem has told them. What do they need an intermediary? What do they need Moshe Rabbeinu? They did, let it work. No. Now we need Moshe Rabbeinu, A, to build it. And further, they need Moshe Rabbeinu's blessing. Without the blessing of Moshe Rabbeinu, nothing was going to happen. Um, okay, so what happens? But we see that, so what happens is that first everybody did whatever they could. They didn't come to Moshe Rabbeinu and tell Moshe Rabbeinu, oh, we're missing this, we're missing that, we don't have this, you go ahead, finish for us. No, no. They finished everything. They did the whole thing. So Moshe Rabbeinu uh, not only does Moshe Rabbeinu bless them and he tells them, but he actually includes himself. He says, me too, all of us. He makes himself part. That's a Rebbe, I was going to say. He's part of the community. Uh, which means in all their work that they did, he says, I'm a party to it. He makes other. So, this is the, um, the Rebbe says when we're all building a Mishkan eventually, I mean, either we built the physical Mishkan, this, the structure of the desert, or we're building our own Mishkan. We're making a dwelling place for Hashem through our mitzvahs, through our... Through our own synagogues. What? Through our own synagogues. Synagogues. Synagogues yeah. is a small, yeah. yeah, but even more than that, not only a synagogue. In your own home, your house, in yourself, your family, your community. You're just, you know, you're you're building, we're all building a Mishkan for Hashem. Or we should be building one. So, a person has to realize that with your own talents and with your own capabilities, you won't be able to reach the ultimate goal. You still got to bring it to Moshe Rabbeinu. You, you know, you're, 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 you're talented, you're capable, you built, you did everything. You can't. You have to bring the work to Moshe Rabbeinu. Again, who is the Moshe Rabbeinu? The Rebbe references, the Moshe Rabbeinu, the Rebbe references his father-in-law. He says he's the leader of our generation. You have to bring, I mean, the Rebbe is talking about also to his Hasidim, because he says it's only the Rebbe, and he's going to explain, that can take all the work that the people do, that the didn't do, and make it 
into a dwelling place for Hashem. Because Moshe Rabbeinu said in the verse, he says, Anoichi, and when he said, when he was uh, by the Matan Torah, when he was recounting in the Devarim, he says, I stand between Hashem and you. Moshe Rabbeinu was standing as an intermediary between God and the Jewish people, physically. But he was an intermediary that connected. It was an interruption. He, he served as the connecting piece of the Jewish souls to Hashem. So what happens? Even after uh, Moshe Rabbeinu participates, he raises the Mishkan, you bring the Mishkan to him, he participates, but still they need the bracha, still from Moshe Rabbeinu. Still, because Moshe Rabbeinu raised it, they brought it to Moshe Rabbeinu, they brought all the work that they did, they brought it to Moshe Rabbeinu, Moshe Rabbeinu raises it, and still they don't have yet the Divine Presence. How do they get Divine Presence? They need the blessing from Moshe Rabbeinu. So, this is what the Rebbe was saying, that notwithstanding uh, all of the great accomplishments that we have, with all of our great uh, greatnesses that we have, we need to be connected, we need to be tied to the expansion, we have to be tied to a Rebbe, we have to be tied to a Rebbe who can help us because through them we can sort of connect with Hashem. So it seems like a, so we, so who do a we little have? bit. Who do we have today? Okay, we go to the. Well, that's what we know. Well, let me. We'll go further. We're gonna answer that. Now, it seems a little bit strange to say, you know, uh, that extent the Rebbe connects Moshe uh, Rabbeinu. That seems a little bit. It's not only in the Kabbalah. The Rebbe brings down from the Mechilta, which is, uh, the Nikola brings down, it's a very interesting verse. The verse says that when they went out of Mitzrayim, it says they believed in Hashem, by Yamin who said in the Dominic. Over Moshe Abdu, we believed in God and his servant Moshe. How do we put them all together in the same, uh, same uh, verse? Uh, Believing in Hashem and believing in Moshe. Well, Moshe Rabbeinu came and told us everything that Hashem said. So the Mechilta says, if you believe Moshe Rabbeinu, then you're actually believing Hashem. If you believe, so when it says, Vayaminu Bahashem, over Moshe Abdi, really what it means is that believing Moshe Rabbeinu is meaning that you believe Hashem, that brought about the belief in Hashem. The Rebbe says the, the power of a Rebbe to bless and everything else is also something which we find in the Talmud. Very, very interesting. The Gemara says like this, if a person has a sick person at home, if you have a sick person in your home, so what do you do? It doesn't just say, open up the tillim and daven, Give tzedakah, no, not only that. Over there, but the Gemara says like this. You have to go to a sage in the Gemara, and he'll ask 
Hashem for compassion for you. Which means, what does it mean a person is sick? Well, you can be sick physically, emotionally, and spiritually. You can be sick, your body, your soul can be sick. What is, when a person is sick with the soul, what does it mean? That you're not wholesome, you're not, your soul isn't wholesome, you're not, com- you're not complete, you're lacking something. So, it's not sufficient that you, yourself, or somebody of your family members is going to ask a healing for your sickness, both physically and spiritually. But you need the prayer of the Chacham, you have to go to a Chacham, you have to go to the sage. And that is what accomplishes the healing. That is going to be the healing. Who is this Chacham that we have to go to? So there has to be two conditions. And we'll understand why is the sage, why, why is it the sage that can do that? So the Rebbe says there is two conditions in it. Number one, you have to be a Chacham. What is a Chacham? The Mishnah says, Ezehu Chacham, who is a Chacham? Haroya Samayla, the one who sees the future. What does it mean? That's the little man. The Alter Rebbe explains, he sees Roya Samayla, he sees that which has been born, that which has been created. He sees, because as we've spoken many times, God constantly recreates the world. A Chacham can see Hashem's creation in everything. He doesn't see the physicality of it. He sees Hashem's word creating it. He doesn't see the material of the thing, but he sees Hashem's power, Hashem's energy in everything that we see. Not the material, not the physicality. So then he really understands and sees the real truth because he can see that's a Chacham. He sees that which gives birth to all. He sees to that energy. And therefore, A, such a Chacham can, is able to tell really what the sickness is because he doesn't just look at it superficially. He sees what the sickness is. And number two, he has the ability to ask for compassion and to arouse compassion to heal that person. How is that? Because if you see the source, this, we're, this is already a result, but he sees the word of Hashem, so he can sort of change some of the combinations, some of the, the DNA over there, or some of the different, uh, and he can make it work. Like we find in the Gemara that very important. He was looking for light to uh, to light up the place, and um, he asked to get some oil. He didn't find any oil. No oil left. He brought him some vinegar. He says, "How are we going to put fire on with vinegar?" He says, "Whoever says Hashem says, who says that oil lights Hashem? He will also say that vinegar should light. It's the combination. It's the word of Hashem that makes it light. It's not the, and the one who can see this has the ability." To change, um, to change certain things around. Uh, we actually uh, watched a um, 
a video of this every every Saturday night after Shabbos is over. We watch a little video from the Rebbe, and we watch the video where this person was relating that um, um, that um, you know the, the 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 doctors were saying about. Uh, the mother that she needed um, a desperate operation, and um, it was, I forget the details. I mean, she needed the operation, and they asked the Rebbe, and the Rebbe says, if you can get two doctors to say that you don't need an operation, generally in these situations, it's better not to do than to do. But the, the thing is, was it was a whole long story there, but the thing is that the doctor that said you need the operation, he was like the top uh, doctor, of, uh, and nobody would dare say against his opinion anything else. But anyways, the end of the story is uh, they gave her a very short time to live, and the other doctor says, no, in, in his opinion, he said, uh, going in and doing the surgery is not going to, could actually make it worse, and therefore... Uh, better not to uh, do the surgery. And, you know, besides the Rebbe, we know a lot of times is, you know, they make it worse when you go, they want to help you, but sometimes they make it even worse than it was. But that's just a a side point. So, the first point is, who do you go to? You go to a Chacham. You go to a Chacham, somebody who can really see, who can tell, who knows, who has an ability, who has it. Number two, it needs to be, as it's brought down, it needs to be a sage in the city. What does it mean in the city? What does in the city mean? So Ruby explains it. He needs to be part of the city. Sometimes you have such great sages or great uh, scholars who close themselves up. They have nothing to do with the people. They are in their own four cubits. They're studying and they're praying and they're doing other great, uh, great things, but they're not connected to the people, they're not in the city they're not with them, they're living on a different plane, they're not part of them Uh, you need somebody who is dedicated to each and every one of the Jewish people who are in his city, in his place and therefore he can ask for compassion, ask Hashem for them which is similar to the two ideas that took place with Moshe Rabbeinu in the end when they built the Mishkan. Number one, first they had to bring the entire work, they had to bring it to complete it to Moshe Rabbeinu. He was the Chacham, he was the shepherd. That was one thing, bring it to Moshe. Number two, Moshe includes himself, he says, our work together. He's not Isolated. Separate, not separate. He is part and violent. And therefore, but before you come to Moshe Rabbeinu, which is very important, you can't come to Moshe Rabbeinu just like that. First, it says in the verse, the Jewish people told, did everything that Hashem has done, told them. They did everything that Hashem has done, which means that before even Moshe Rabbeinu participated, and before he blessed them, they've already completed everything that they need to do. With their responsibility, they've done everything. So from their perspective, from their side, it's already all done. Only then Moshe Rabbeinu participates with 
making the Mishkan, and he blesses them. So, which means in our service that when we want to have the blessing of Moshe Rabbeinu uh, of our generation, uh, in every generation, when we want the, 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 the blessing of the Moshe Rabbeinu of the generation, we need to do everything that we can that we can accomplish. Similar to what we say, you know, we always say, God will bless you in that which you do. God needs you to do something about it. You got to buy the lottery ticket, then God will help you win it. You got to do in the physical, in the natural way of things, then you will accomplish the uh, the blessing will accomplish. The Moshe Rabbeinu the healing of Moshe Rabbeinu, the Chacham, when could he help? It's only if the person who needs Moshe's help, the one who's sick, whether it's spiritually or physically, he also does the natural things according to the Torah. The Torah says when you're sick, you go to a doctor. The Torah doesn't say, you know, there's some people that have this idea that, you know, you're not allowed to take medicine. Some religions believe that you have to, you can't, you have to leave it up to God. You know, that's not the Torah way. The Torah says that you have to go and do everything which is in nature. And only after you do everything with in nature, then that's what you have to do. If you're lacking in the uh, uh, making of the Mishkan, then you know, you can't come to Moshe Rabbeinu. You know, they used to say, um, sometimes they used to say, like a Rebbe's blessing, or a blessing of a tzaddik, is like rain. Uh, rain that falls will make things grow. But you have to plow the field in order for the rain to be absorbed into the field. If you're not going to plow, then the rain is going to come, but it's going to just roll away, it's going to roll off, it's not going to penetrate, and it's not going to accomplish. So, when you come to the tzaddik, or for that matter, you come to Hashem also, and you say, help me, uh, I need your blessing, I need something from you, I need health, I need wealth, I need uh, whatever, everybody has their own personal needs, we're asking Hashem, you have to first, first of all, do the natural things to help that, but also you have to go ahead and become a proper vessel, a vehicle for the blessings by making your commitment. It's not going to be just hocus-pocus here, there's a blessing over there. You have to work your field. You have to make yourself a proper vehicle, a vessel to get the blessings from Hashem. You know, a lot of times there's an expression was for the Rebbe, the previous Rebbe, you know, people, you know, they would, if they had a problem, oh, they come, Rebbe, help me, you know, I need this, I need that. The Rebbe a lot of times has some requests also. He says, I want you to go help another Jew, I want you to do a mitzvah, I want you to do mifsoyim, I want you to uh, uh, reach out to people, the Rebbe has a Oh, but they, oh, I'm too busy, I'm this, I have, uh, I'm not, but, oh, I have a problem, Rebbe, I'm here. That's uh, not, 
not the way to get the real uh, Rebbe's blessing. And they say, I want Rebbe, I want you to do a miracle for me. <laughs> I need a miracle. You can do the miracle, so give me the miracle. Uh, that doesn't make you a proper vessel to get the blessings. But once we try to do what we can on our level, uh, and then you come to Moshe Rabbeinu in a proper way, with the full trust in Amuna that uh, you take the blessings of the Rebbe seriously, the Rebbe's help seriously, and you, like we said, by Aminu Hashem so then Moshe Rabbeinu becomes a partner with your each individual's work, and he helps each one specifically in their own service. This is talking about in the spiritual level, also the physical level. And after he participates, then he gives his blessings for the divine to rest in our activities of our hands, of all of you, Moshe together and brings each one to their wholesomeness, to the real wholesomeness. I mean, this is the reason why, uh, because of, you asked before the question, Who's in our generation, in our generation, okay, so by us, by Hasidim, the Rebbe is our Rebbe, is our Moshe Rabbeinu, even though uh, the Rebbe has not been physically with us for all these years, but uh, the uh, the Rebbe's blessings and the Rebbe's uh, resting place has been a um, a source for uh, salvation and uh, arousal for pity. As has been the tradition that people have prayed at the gravesite of Tzadikim. You know, uh, whether it's we know that Rachel and the Moras Machpela, and we know all the great Roshima Bar Yochai and all the great tzaddikim. Our relationship with the Rebbe is our Rebbe, so we uh, go to the Rebbe's gravesite for blessings. But what the Rebbe is basically saying over here, yes, the Rebbe will give you the blessings, but you must do something too. You have to come to the Rebbe prepared, and you have to say, I am doing my part, and then the Rebbe actually does his part as well, and helps you, uh, which, there's a lot of um, this fellow. I mean, just saying. This, uh, I just saw this on a uh, my uh, my brother posted it on the family WhatsApp. So this was a guy who was you know an older fellow, and he was looking for a shidduch. You know, he couldn't find us. He was looking for a shidduch, and he just was getting older and didn't have didn't find his bashert. Didn't find until his. Uh, I think it was his. His mother told him, I forget exactly, remember that. He told him, listen, you tried everything else, you know, so why don't you try and um, go to the gravesite of the Rebbe and pray by the Rebbe's gravesite, maybe. And he says he cried like he never cried before, and he was really uh, all emotional and everything, and, um, and he made a, a decision to, you know, become more involved and everything. He said, this is what the WhatsApp story said, <laughs> no, is that um, two weeks later he found the shidduch. Two weeks later he found the shidduch and he's married to his wife for 19 years. Oh, that's, that's what he said. That's what, that was the, the WhatsApp. So there is, this is not one story, you see, maybe, and 
you look at the fellow, he's not a Chabadnik, he's not a, a Lubavitcher to say, he's not a black hat kind of a guy. So sometimes it's interesting to hear it from the other side. When you see maybe he's exaggerating a little bit, maybe he's overdoing it. But um, but you can't deny the fact, I mean, that the, 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 the Pusik still tells us you need Moshe Rabbeinu for everything. You see, they did everything without Moshe Rabbeinu's blessing and without Moshe Rabbeinu's involvement. Can't do it. You need Moshe Rabbeinu. How do we get Moshe Rabbeinu? We got to go to Moshe Rabbeinu. So a lot of people have today the tradition. They take all the activities, whatever they do, they put it on a note and everything else, and they leave it at the. They bring their mishkan, everything that they did. They bring it to the Rebbe. That's what they do. They write everything down, and all their activities and whatever they do, and they say Rebbe because they realize that as much as you think that you can accomplish. You haven't done anything, but if you bring it to the Rebbe, the Rebbe will already make the Mishkan, you know, he'll pray for you and bring the Mishkan and bring you there. So, it's two two aspects. I mean, that's talking about the spiritual aspect, but also the physical aspect. But uh, as the Rebbe says over here, that everybody wants a miracle, but we've got to do what the Rebbe wants us to do. You can't, don't expect a miracle if you're not going to do what I ask you to do. So, God, had to do what I ask you to do, and then you'll expect the miracles. Anyways, yes, I, I see the Rebbe has something to say.